Man, Ryan and Candace, thank you. Isn't that fantastic? Um, super sad song. You've probably heard it before. It hits us all right in the chest, right? Doesn't it? Just the, the idea of a split, the idea of a break, of not being able to put it back together. Um, a lot of us have walked through that in marriage. A lot of us have walked through that in life. Probably all of us have walked through that. Probably all of us have walked through that in life. And uh, today we are talking about relationships, right? In the reality of where we're at, relationships. And a lot of us, even statistically, are in the middle of divorce, or we've just gone through divorce, or some of us here are in a relationship and we we don't know if we can keep it together. And we don't want to talk just ideally about about relationships and say this is this is what's ideal. Uh, we want to talk about how do I how do I walk with God in the midst of it, right? And so, um, you know, we all come from different places. Some of us do come right now in the middle of breakup, and some of us come uh, together. And we're not sure about marriage, and some of us come we're single and we we want to be married. And if you're with us today, man, I just I want to welcome you. At the same time, I want to tell you that today we're going we're gonna to do our best to go to God's Word uh, because our culture, we're confused about relationships. Um, man, the idea of uh, if I love somebody, let them go, right? And we'll, we'll amicably separate and, and we'll figure it out with the kids if there are kids. And um, man... This song, it does. It just, I wish I'd be the one. I'll be the one if you want me to. Anywhere I would have followed you and then to the end. So I, I will follow, I will swallow my pride. You're the one that I love, but I'm saying goodbye. And, and I just, I want to start and I want us to hear from God really ideally, really what marriage is about, but then in the reality of where we are, what does that look like? And I want to tell you that as we go to the Word today, um, we are probably going to be offended by God's word. I just want to tell you that straight up. We are probably going to, I'm probably going to offend myself today by God's word. That's how different our perspective on relationships is than what God designed for us. And so um, I want to I let you know that God loves you. Right? And God doesn't like, require us to jump through hoops to then come to him. But here's what I see over and over in people's lives. Is as we come to him, God ends up, he ends up changing us. Right? And things change. And he comes alive in us and stuff that we didn't even know was on the table gets put on the table. And then God, God walks with us and leads us to what's better. We're going to sing later. Man, Jesus, I believe that you are better. And so... I just, I want to encourage you. How many were at our uh, uh, marriage conference this weekend? Anybody here? And uh, thanks so much for coming. And man, um, uh, again, we kind of do that every this time of year-ish, February kind of thing. And we'd love to have you next year when we do that again. But the, uh, the reality is that there's a couple ways. You can, you can come to this and you can be like, okay, I'm going to figure out what he says that I disagree with. Right? You, you can do that. And, and again, Anytime somebody talks, you got to go back to the Word of God and you got to say, okay, God, is that what's real, right? Don't just take my word for it. But, but then at the same time, the other way to approach it is to say, okay, God, would you speak to me? 
would you speak to me? And uh, it's my prayer that you would have that posture today as we talk about God's Word. Because again, this is a place where a lot of us are coming, and we all come broken, right? We're going to talk about the brokenness inside our marriages now, and we're going to talk about brokenness uh, if we've gone out of a marriage and we're single again, uh, brokenness if we are single and we're, we're considering marriage, okay? So that's where we're going to go. I'd like to pray. God, would you speak today? Would you speak to us today? God, we don't need to hear... Uh, we don't need to hear morals. We don't need to hear rules. We don't need to hear goodisms. God, we need to hear from your spirit about life. That you love us and you've called us from where we're at into relationship with you. That you've called us into relationship with a holy God. And God, as we come into relationship with you, God, you're going to rub off on us. Holiness is going to come into our marriages and into our lives. And so, um, God, would you talk to us today uh, like a dad holds his kid on his lap, lovingly talks to him. Talk to us that way, God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, the reality is, is 91% of us will get married, okay? Um, 91% of us will get married and uh, the reality is 50% of us will get divorced, okay? If you're in your second marriage, actually 60% of you will get divorced. If you're in your third marriage, 73% of you will get divorced. If you're past your third marriage, I would imagine that continues to escalate. We're confused about marriage. Last week, if you were here, in fact, if, if you weren't here last week, go back and listen to Dave's teaching on marriage and the ideal the reality is, is that God created marriage. He's the one who made marriage, and, and we're confused about it. So probably never before in history have we been so idealistic about finding that one perfect one, that soulmate, right? And, and this is what Tim Keller says. He says, it's almost oxymoronic in the meaning of marriage. He says this, it's almost oxymoronic to believe that with our new idealism that it has led to pessimism about marriage. Okay, so this idealism that there's one person that can make me happy and that I can be happy with, more and more we believe that, the more pessimistic we are about marriage because no one fits the qualifications. No one can please us sexually. No one can please us emotionally. No one can be romantic enough for us. No one can be that complete picture because what we've done is we've taken and we have made a God of marriage, right? We made a God of this, this marriage. And instead of worshiping God, we worship this ideal, romantic, perfect marriage. Now, God says, put me first. Worship me. And then your next relationship is your marriage. I'm not downplaying the significance of your marriage, but we have, a, we have taken... Marriage, and we have made a God of it. We have taken romantic love and made a God of it. And, and what we've really done is we've taken our feelings and made a God of it. And we've said this. We said, our culture says, Tim Keller goes on, that feelings of love are the basis for actions and relationships of love. And of course that can be true, but it's truer to say that actions of love can lead consistently to feelings of love. Does that make sense? Actions of love can lead to feelings of love. If, uh, how many of you have been married for more than 
uh, let's say 14 days. <laughs> All right? Okay. So feelings of love have a way of dissolving, right? They just kind of float off into thin air. And I don't know what happened, but and it, it might take 14 days or 14 months or, or 14 years, but at some point, feelings of love dissolve. And, and here's what you do. You either choose to chase your feelings, right, for new love wherever they land, or you, or you choose to say, I'm going to love here. And I choose to love here. We're confused about marriage. So marriage, just to begin, is God's idea. Because here, here's what we believe. We, we believe in God's word. And I want to tell you, when I go to God's word, God's word corrects me. Right? Like, I don't, I don't take my ideas to God's word and, and say, okay, God, that's what it says. My, God's word constantly corrects me on my behavior, on my sin, on my anger, on my selfishness, on my lust, right? God's word will always correct you. And so today as we go to it, I just, I want to encourage you to say, God, is, is there anything you want to lead me? You want to correct my path into what's good? Marriage is God's idea, okay? Um, marriage, all from the time God made it until now, is, is covenant and consummation. That's why if you're just living together with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you are not married, you're just consummating, right? And marriage is always covenant and consummation. And so we go to God's word and say, okay, God, tell us, tell us about this. Jesus speaks about this in Matthew 19. Matthew 19, here's what he shares. Some, some religious guys come to him, some Pharisees came to him, and it says this, verse 3, Matthew 19. Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked is it lawful for a man? Do you notice that they're there to test him? Right? What are they there not to? They're not there to listen. They're not there to hear. They're not there to be guided. They're there to test him. And again, I'll just, I'm only going to say it one more time. You and I, when we hear this kind of stuff, and if it potentially comes anywhere near my comfort, what, what I'm prone to do is I want to test Jesus, not receive from him. Does that make sense? So I just want to encourage you one more time. Man, if you can come differently than these guys do, come differently. Because here's what they say. They come to him to test him. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Haven't you read, he replied, at the beginning the creator made them male and female. And Jesus quotes Genesis. And he says, uh, and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. All right? God says from the creation, God made us male and female to be in marriage. Right? And that's going to offend some of you. It's going to offend some of you. And, and God says, this is, this is where we started. This is how I made you. They are no longer two, but one. Therefore, let what God has joined together, let man not separate. And so, here's what I want to encourage you. Some of you already know this pain. You've been through divorce. You know that God made marriage, and you know that when God says, man, let man not separate, when we separate, and, and two who are one go and divorce, and they go back, there's tearing that happens. And the pain lasts a long time. Many of you are here still fighting the lies that happen the lies that happen in the middle of the conflict and that remain and that go after. 
that you're not worthy, that no one will love you, that you're thrown out, that you weren't beautiful enough, that you didn't provide enough, that you weren't enough. Jesus says, what God has joined together, let man not separate. This whole thing was God's idea. It's not just a contract. So marriage is a covenant, right? And you got to understand that marriage is way bigger. And if you go back, listen, listen to last week's sermon from Dave. Marriage is a way bigger picture than just a contractual feeling arrangement, right? It's not just because we like each other and love each other. and It's not that. It is a picture of God's love for us, right? And God says, I covenant myself to you, right? No matter what you do, I love you. No matter what you do, I'm for you. No matter what you do, I pay for your sin. And I offer, repent- I offer reconciliation. I offer forgiveness. I offer to give you my righteousness no matter what you do, for all who believe. And God is a covenant God. And, and he wants us to love in the context of a covenant, not of a contract. The difficulty with feelings is that feelings are contractual, right? So I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it, I'm not feeling it, right? We're going to have opportunity for you to come and pray. Some of you are in the middle of this right now. After the first service, there's, you know, a number of people right up here. I talked to a woman and she said, like, you know, two weeks ago, my husband says, no, I think I'm done, right? And she says he wanted to live together, and we lived together for years to make sure it was right, and now we've been married for a couple years, and we have a son, and, and now he's not feeling it. Well, of course he's not feeling it. That's the trajectory of every marriage, right? At some point, you're not feeling it, and you have to choose covenant. You have to love um, second thing, divorce is not God's plan for your marriage. Divorce is not God's plan for your marriage. All right, because Jesus continues. Here's what he says. Um, he says, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Verse 7, why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? And again, the Pharisees set up this question to test him. Why then did Moses command? Okay, and Jesus replied, Moses permitted. Do you understand that they switch it? Moses permits it, but they say, why did he command us to do this? And and Jesus says, Moses permitted you. They ask the question, why did Moses command this certain guy? And Jesus reads right into their world, and he says, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because of your hardness of heart, because your hearts were hard. But this isn't the way it was from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, marries another woman, commits adultery. Okay? Um, Divorce isn't God's plan for your marriage. God wants you and I to worship Him. He wants worship of Him to be at the center of our marriage. Okay? He does not want us to worship each other and our feelings for each other because if if we do we will surely follow our feelings out of marriage just like we followed them into marriage right if right now you're dating and you just can't you can't uh, you you know what god wants of you but you can't not serve your feelings so you can't stop having sex and you know it's wrong but it's not right you're not going to be able to not follow your feelings later don't follow 
the flutterings of your heart. Divorce is not God's plan for your marriage. And I want you to know this is countercultural then. Because here's what the disciples, this is what Jesus' disciples say. They say this in verse 10. The disciples said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, well, then it's better not to marry. Do you mean, Jesus, that you really want us to stay married to the same wife for like our whole life? That's crazy. That's what they're saying. It's better to not even get married. It was counter to what their culture said as well. But it's not the plan. God wants us to learn to worship, and he wants us to understand covenant because he loves us with that kind of covenant. All right. Um, now, this is the big picture. And let me just say one other thing. Um, I want to touch on this next one. Selfish isolation is not the plan for your marriage at all. If you're here, and a lot of times in church, we've got you know, people who've stuck it out for a long time and can't stand each other. That's, not, that's rubbish. If you're that guy who thinks, well, man, I didn't divorce her, but uh, I'm not talking to her, you know? I'm not really going to give her of myself. I'm going to go hunting as often as I can. I'm going to get out of this house as often as I can. I'm going to watch as much ESPN as I can because that over there is complicated. <laughs> Listen to me, men. That's, that's not okay if you're going to follow Jesus. If you follow Jesus, God's going to call you to more. Man, would you join... Men... Uh, we have four groups of men that meet here every week. We do this, uh, we have these groups called 33 groups. And um, really, man, would you, would you go for more? Because Jesus won't allow you to be there. And if, and if I'm in your life, I won't let you be there. Not because I'm so great, but because I just see God calling us to more. On my own, I might be there. On my own, I might commit adultery. On my own, I might do anything my heart flutterings desire. But you come back to the word and you're like, oh. Oh. Okay, God. Man, I want to follow you. The disciples say, man, it would be, this is, this is hard. Yes, it's hard. Women, if, if you have so much bitterness and resentment against your husband that you're going to stay together because you said you would and it's the right thing to do, but there's no way you're going to forgive him. That's, you're not winning. You're not serving. Here's what, um, in Ephesians 5, let's, let's read Ephesians 5. Uh, we can't go into it for a long time, but in Ephesians 5, it just says this. Um, it says uh, that, um, uh, in Ephesians 5, Paul says that, uh, that man, he says, Christ is the head of the church. All right, Ephesians 5, excuse me. Excuse, okay, uh, you're going to love this word. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. How much did Christ love the church? How much did Christ love you? He laid down his life for his bride. He gave everything. Everything. He's not the stoic, off there, on his own, ESPN, couch potato. He gave every frickin' thing for his wife. 
Men, I, I, I don't want you to miss this. I'm not calling you to be guys who just stay. Do you understand what God says? He's, you're not like in charge and a bully. Because we can all go there. He says, give your life away for your wife, for your children, for your family. Like Christ gave his life away for the church. So if you're married here, fantastic. I'm thrilled with it. But, but you have not arrived. It's like we have got to pursue Christ and be more and more like him in our marriages. So do not look down or think, well, man, I'm glad they're not talking to me today because I'm not divorced. Man, do you understand what I'm saying? So I said today, what we want to talk about, that's the, that's the ideal, that we are pursuing Jesus, that he is our worship and that we are pursuing our spouse and that we worship him and we pursue that with each other as best friends, as partners, right? But here's what happens. Divorce happens. It does. Half of us are divorced. So how do we walk with Christ in the context of that? Is everything lost, right? And, and I'm going to jump into it. So the first thing you do is you worship Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 7, we're going to be there a lot. Um, in 1 Corinthians 7, here's what Paul says. The, the theme of 1 Corinthians 7 is this. Uh, he says... He says in 1 Corinthians 7, 35, um, the theme of the whole chapter is Paul says, hey, in relationships, when you come to Christ, don't seek to change your relationship. So he says, you know, if you come to Christ and you have a spouse that doesn't believe, don't leave them, right? Be an amazing spouse to them, right? If you're two Christians and you're not getting along, don't get divorced, right? Work it out, grow it out in the church, right? And we'll talk about that in a minute. And here's what he says at the end, because because. If you're in the middle of this, you've got to get this because Jesus doesn't call you to just bounce into something next and try to fill your life there. Here's what Paul says, and he's recommending this for those. Um, here's what he says in, in verse 35. He says, I'm saying this for your own good, right? He, he's telling the unmarried, he says, don't just jump into another relationship. He goes, consider being as I do and and serving God fully. He says, if anyone, um, it, I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you. Okay, he's saying, I'm not trying to keep good from you, but I am, uh, but that you may live in a right way with undivided devotion to the Lord. Undivided devo devotion to the Lord. It's seven, is that up there? Yep, undivided devotion. Do you understand this? If you're married, if you're divorced, if you're single, what God calls us to, what Paul says is, Give your life to undivided devotion to the Lord. In 7, he says, listen, if you've got, you got a family and kids, it's complicated because you've got to serve them, right? He says, the more free you are, the more free you are to give yourself undividedly to him. Worship Jesus, right? Um, in, in relationships, when we get into divorce, uh, this is going to offend some of you, but, but I can watch divorce happen real time on, on Facebook, Right? couple splits up, they're apart for a couple of days, and the next thing you know, they're both the most amazing, if there's kids, they're the most amazing parents ever, right? All kinds of posts about their children and how, why? Because they're looking for something to worship. Do you understand? I have to be a good dad because I screwed up my marriage. And I'm looking for something, and 
Don't worship your kids and don't worship proving that you're good. Worship Jesus. Come to him in brokenness. Don't say, I'm the greatest mom ever and now I'm free of that guy. Instead, worship Jesus. You need to heal. It's the second thing. You need to worship Jesus. If you're in the middle of being divorced, if you're split up, you need to heal. If you come and we have coffee and we're sitting down and we're talking about, man, I'm in the middle of divorce, what do I do? And I will take out my phone and I will ask you to take out your phone and we will circle or highlight or make an appointment one year from now, right? If you like Wednesdays, we'll choose it on that Wednesday. And that will be the day that we talk again and consider dating someone or building a romantic relationship, right? You need to heal, okay? I probably just freed my calendar from a lot of you, I'm sure. Listen to me. <laughs> you need to heal. You don't need to pour yourself into someone else and hide it with lots of new emotions. You need to heal. You need to worship Jesus. You need to heal. If you have kids, you guys need to heal. If you don't have kids, you need to heal. You need to go to the Word. You need to be with other friends who have walked through this and are going towards Jesus. You need to get into counseling. You need to go to divorce care. You need to walk with people and set your mind that I need to heal. One thing that almost always happens here, we go through divorce, right? We're walking together. We go through divorce and, and you're on the market. And the next thing you know, you're a couple months into a relationship and you're having sex with somebody and you can't see clearly again. It blinds you. It doesn't heal you. It covers up. Guys, as your pastor, I so much want, I so much want for you to walk into the love of God. And he says, you need to heal. It's difficult to be married and then not be married. It's difficult to say, God, I want to worship you and I want to trust you with my future and my sex life. It's difficult. God says, put me first. Third thing is that you have to live in integrity. If you are divorced, you have to live in integrity. And this comes out in a few different ways. Um, a lot of it is in interaction with your ex. And if there's kids dealing over kids and alimony and child support. We have a lot of women here, right, who are receiving child support. We have a lot of people here who have kids, right, who are cared for by the money that's provided from an ex-spouse. If you want to follow Jesus and have his blessing, right, we are going to encourage you to live lives of integrity. Men, if you're divorced and remarried or not remarried, I can't tell you strong enough how much we believe this as we interact with you. If you're lying to ORS about child support, like we would like, I would like to have strong words with you. I would like to step outside and have strong words with you. 
Do you understand what you do to your children? I watched this four weeks ago. I had to, my brother-in-law died. I had to fly on Christmas after our Christmas Eve services, standing, uh, waiting at the airport. And um, I actually, uh, yeah, at Christmas, standing, and I watched it happen real time. It's not theoretical. Old, you know, uh, like late 90s explorers, you know, Ford explorers, you know how they kind of sag? I don't know why they sag. They all kind of sag in the back. What, sitting there, uh, mom, sweatpants, kids, and uh, up pulls the Mercedes, backs up, trunk pops open, hot new wife pops out, dad, happy dad pops out, and they get out, and the kids go, and they hug mom, and they hug new mom, and they hug dad, and the mom, old mom, out of her crappy 99 Explorer, takes presents that she wrapped for her kids to give that, that, uh, they don't have to beat that one out, um, that dad, uh, she wraps presents that dad can give to her kids on Christmas morning. Men, you, do you know that ORS only actually records your base salary? So if you're in sales, you know, there's, there's commissions beyond that. Like, if you want to follow Jesus, you need to take care of your kids. You need to do what's right. And if you walk with us in grace and in truth, we are going to walk for it. So somebody came, actually somebody wrote a letter a couple years ago to me and said, hey, there's a guy uh, at your church and he owes me a bunch of backed up this, you know, and, and you think he's great and he's not great. And um, those are great letters, right? Because then they facilitate conversation. And, um, and so I get together with this guy and he's like, yeah, that's kind of true. And we found out actually that there was, there was more, a little more income. And I said, the first thing you need to do is you need to have integrity, okay? You need to have integrity. And then he said, well, she's actually, she's lying about this and she's fabricating these costs and they're actually overcharging me $600 a month, right? And I said, okay. I said, but you have to have integrity. Do what the decree says and, and be right to start and then report your other income, okay? So he did it. Huge step, huge step. Because on a tight budget, really supporting two families, huge step. And guess what? Truth got found out. Not through him fighting, through him serving and loving. And finds out he doesn't owe alimony because she's remarried. Finds out uh, the, the, the child care thing was fraudulent, right? Not paying that anymore. And he's almost caught up. But it's integrity. I want you to know you have to walk in integrity. Wives, if you're angry at your ex and you're lying or fabricating or making it hard, you're not acting like Christ would. Yes, there's some, there's some special circumstances. Yours probably is not special. Yours probably requires you to serve and to love. Here's what Jesus says. Uh, here's what Paul says in Romans 12. It says this, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Bless those who persecute you. Even your ex? Yes. Even your ex, bless and do not curse. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. If you are left and left in an old explorer, were you done evil to? Yes, you were. Are, is anyone ever totally innocent? No, 
No one's totally innocent. That's not what I'm saying. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace. You need to, you need to live in integrity. That leads into the next one. You need to love your enemy, right? It's exactly what that just said. It's exactly what Jesus said. Love your enemy, right? If you want to walk with Jesus, love your enemy, even when it's your ex-spouse. Um, next one, be open. And we were already in 1 Corinthians 7, but in verse 10, 11 of 1 Corinthians 7, here's what happens. Jesus says, hey, if you separate, if you get divorced, here's your options. Remain single or be reconciled, right? Later, he says, man, if this one refuses to leave and they go on, we can have a conversation about that, right? If they go on and there's no chance for reconciliation, we can have a conversation about that. But what he says is when you're in the middle of a divorce, you have to be open. If you're going to follow Jesus, you have to be open for repentance, open for reconciliation, open for forgiveness. You need to be open. And again, you need to be undivided. Some of you here today, just as we finish up, some of you are here, and, and you are looking for that next relationship to worship. You're divorced, and you're looking for that next relationship to key your life off of. Jesus says, worship me. Some of you are here, and you have marriages that might as well be divorced. Because you're not serving God together, and you're not loving each other. You need to say, God, what are we worshiping? I'm worshiping what I want from you, and... You're worshiping what you want from me. God, would you bring us to repentance? You help us to worship you and serve one another. Some of you are thinking of divorce. Man, would you come? Most of, most of the time we interact with people around this, they come after it's all over and they're just letting us know, by the way, I'm getting a divorce. If there's like a pill you guys store up here, maybe in the bookstore, can I buy that and fix it? Sometimes. Most of the time it's just, hey, we're done. Man. Come now. And, and if, if you think you're doing great, pour into each other in Christ. If you're walking in the reality of difficulty in your marriage, please, please come to us and let's start pursuing Jesus like this. Hey, we're going to enter into worship. And um, actually, the, uh, um, we're going we're gonna to enter into worship here in a little bit. And I, I just want to encourage you, there's, there's people in the back who would love to pray. Even if right now you're like, man, I got I to gotta pray with somebody right now, right? Um, I, 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 don't know, I don't know what I need, but I know I need this. I would encourage you to pray. They'll be praying afterwards. I want to introduce you to, um, to Beth and a story um, as she's walked through this. And, and again, for you, maybe some of you need to walk in community with others who will help you walk towards Jesus. I want you to watch this and then we'll worship. So for me, about four years ago, I found my marriage falling apart. In the middle of the most difficult thing I have ever had to endure. It's all-consuming. The exhaustion of being the only one responsible for getting your kids to and from school or to and from appointments, playdates, extracurricular activities, in the midst of that, I happen to also be going to school. It's hard. It's been a very hard season. It's a very lonely season. I just have started to realize I must not be the only one who feels this way. There have got to be others who come here and sit alone and leave alone. I just, again, think that 
we could all work together and be that support and that encouragement to one another. So if you're feeling like nobody cares, I want you to know that there are people who care. And I think if we all come together and unite, we can become almost like a family, a safe place for us to be, a way that we can support one another and provide the things that we need. And that's what we're trying to create, a family where you can come, be loved, be who you are, and find the support and encouragement you need to get through one day, just one day.